Hello and welcome to Cammy's Supporters Club. I'm Chris Kamara and this is my podcast. In each episode, I'm inviting some familiar faces to chat about the football team they love and the music that they've listened to along the way. In each episode, my guests will bring five tracks from their own record collections that remind them of the club they follow and their lives as football fans. It's time to welcome another new member into Cammy's Supporters Club. In the blue corner, weighing a lot more than he used to. <laughs> <laughs> the man Mountain himself, who fought 34 times, winning 30, drawing one, and was cheated in three. <laughs> he was born in Toxteth and is still the prettiest boxer to ever come out of Liverpool. <laughs> Please welcome Tony Bellew! Cammy, can you announce me in my comeback? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on, I'm on. Mate, you've got a gig for life. John Conte has just texted me saying, prettiest! <laughs> wow, that, that's a new one. And you're actually right, I was born in Toxteth, I was just raised in Wavertree. Uh, so yeah, two hell holes to be fair, but uh, it's, it's all good, mate. You love it though, don't you? That's your part of the world. Love, absolutely love it. I wouldn't change it for the world. Where I'm from is, uh, I'm a product of my environment, mate, and I'm very, uh, I class myself as fortunate and lucky to be come from there. Ah, oh, brilliant. Before we talk about your team, you starred alongside the magnificent Sylvester Stallone in Creed, which for anybody who hasn't watched it, it's the follow-on from the Rocky movies where uh, Apollo Creed's son becomes a boxer played by Michael B. Jordan. What an honour. What a thrill. Crazy. Uh, I still can't believe I've done it. It's madness, but I did. I enjoyed it. I loved it. And yeah, mate, I've been in a Rocky movie. Some scally fat kid from Liverpool has actually been in a Rocky movie alongside <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. How did it come about then? I got a phone call this day. Uh, I remember the day exactly because Everton had just been bounced 6-3 at home by Chelsea and Diego Costa had come to Goodison Park, the horrible man, and scored a hat-trick. I was absolutely furious. <laughs> that would have been a good fight, you and him. <laughs> oh, mate, I'd have done a lot more than stand on his toe what some of the lads were doing in the game. <laughs> uh, so I left Goodison Park absolutely furious. I was fuming. Got in my car and I was going to the to get a takeaway for the missus because this was going to be the last takeaway I was allowed to have before heading into camp to face Nathan Cleverley in the rematch. So I think I had 12 or 14 weeks to go before that fight and my phone goes off and it's, uh, a guy calls me up and he says, all right, Tone, I'm calling you on behalf of Warren Brothers and Hollywood Studios. I said, listen, mate, I said, I'm not in the mood. I said, I've just seen my team get bounced all over the place. 6-3 at home. I said, no, no, I said, listen, just just give us, give it, give us another go, mate. All right, sound. So carried on driving, the phone's gone down. Uh, and 15 minutes, his phone's back again. He says, Tony, I'm calling on behalf of one. Do you want you to advertise? Do you want you to be in a Rocky movie? I said, do you, do you, do you, what do you think this is? 
I said, I'm trying to get to the, the Indian takeaway to get the food to enjoy my life. I don't need to listen to some fella trying to tell me you want me to be in a Hollywood movie. I've never acted. What are you, what are you getting from this? Just leave me alone. I'll see you after. Carries on driving. At this point in time, I phoned my missus and got exactly what she wants from the takeaway. So she's, you know, we want the the chapatis, the lambuna, this and that, the, you know, the samosas, and my mouth's saliva at this point. <laughs> and I said, love, this fella's just called me. Regard, you know, he's asking me if they want to be in a Hollywood movie. And she went, don't you be so ridiculous. Don't be so stupid. What would Hollywood want with you, you punchy dope? <laughs> I was like, okie doke, there's here, put me back in my place. So I thought... Yeah, they couldn't possibly have wanted me anywhere, I thought. So then I phoned my mate who I'd been the match with, we had our season tickets together. And I, and I said to him, this fella's just phoned me on behalf of Hollywood. He's seen he's from Warner Brothers. Oh, lad, you know what? You're you're more punchy than I thought, he said. He said, have you lost your mind? Don't be so ridiculous, someone phoning you to be in a Rocky movie. I thought, all right, sound. Put the phone down, never spoke to him. And then he called one more time and I said, listen, mate, let's just get straight to the point. I said, who's give you my number? Because this is some kind of wind-up and I don't find it funny. I'm having a bad day. You're making it worse. He said, I got your number off Ross Barkley. He said, Ross Barkley's met Before he could even tell me where Ross is, I just put the phone down. I didn't even take into consideration that Ross has just been bounced by Chelsea 6-3. He was in the Everton squad, so I phoned Ross straight away. I said, listen, lad, this isn't your kind of MO. I said, this this is not what you're about. I said, so I don't know whether... If this is down to Leon Osman or someone like that in that dressing room, I swear to God, I'll come into Finch Farm on Monday morning and I'll put your car on bricks. <laughs> That's what'll happen. I said, I don't know what you're playing. He said, Tone, honest, he's dead. He's a lovely kid, Ross Barkley. He's such a nice, placid kid. He says to me, Tone, honest to God, me best mate's dad is mates with, with Sylvester Stallone's right-hand man and they need to talk to you. I said, I don't know what you're getting out of this. I said, I don't know where it's going. I said, but I'm just telling you now, lad, your car will be on bricks if anything's going to happen to me when I turn up to the stupid meeting. I turned up at a meeting with the mate by the May. I turned up with me mate who said, I'm a punchy dope and what would Hollywood be want with you? He soon turned up to the meeting with me, didn't he? We met in the Albert Dock and uh, I met a, a few guys from Hollywood and we spoke to them and and. I, I said to them, no, at first. I said, I've never acted in my life. What are you guys wanting to speak to me for? They said to me, the, the director, Ryan Coogler, he went on to make Black Panther. He obviously made Creed. He said, he's adamant you can play this role. And I said, well, I can't. I've never acted. I don't know where you're getting this from. And I don't know what this is about. And uh, the next day, Ryan Coogler flew into Liverpool. Well, he flew into Manchester and got it, and someone drove him down to Liverpool. And I met with him and he said, I know you can do this part. I said, Ryan, I've never acted a day in my life. He says, I've seen you. I've seen you do this. On, I said, I've seen an iFilm interview you've done taking people around Toxteth and, and wave at you where you grew up and stuff. He said, and I've seen some of your press conferences. He said, I know you can do this. He said, I just, something in me tells me. I stuck with it and believed in him, uh, and and it came out all right in the end, Cammy. You know, it's something that I look back on, and, and I've got shock, and I can't believe I've done it, mate. The stuff dreams are made up. Yeah. So what was Sylvester like? Is he one of the lads, or is he aloof? Sly was cool, and it's mad that I call him Sly, but he says the first time I met him, I was watching him do his, his screen test. And I'd been there a couple of weeks already and Sly come into town. Me and MBJ were learning the choreography for the fight scenes that we were doing. It took months and months to learn. Day by day, we'd go over the choreography of the fight scenes. 
we learnt it and we got it off to a team. Then Sly come into town when the day before we started filming. Uh, and I remember just thinking, I'm a big Rambo fan. I love Rocky, obviously. I've grown up on the Rocky movies. I've, I've ran countless hours after hour, mile after mile to the Rocky soundtrack. We all have as fighters. But I was a mad Rambo fan. So the first time I met him, I watched him do his screen test and I, I was hidden in a kind of dark corner, just watching him do what he'd done. And he was reciting poetry in his mind, just, just talking while he was doing the screen test. And then when the screen test finished, Coogs come and got me, Ryan Coogel, and said, I want you to meet him. I said, okay. And I walked up and put my hand out. And as I put my hand out, I swear I was about to say, what's going on, Rock? And I had to, I put, I'm a, Rock. And I stopped myself at the last minute and went, hello, Mr. Stallone. I'm Tony, nice to meet you. And he said, don't call me Mr. Stallone. I'm Sly. He said, I'm a big fan of yours. I love the boxing. He said, I can't wait to start doing this with you guys. He said, a real boxer on site is going to be fantastic. Now, he'd probably just been told my name and probably told exactly who I was five minutes before, but by saying that, he knew exactly who I was and he was a fan of me. It put me at ease a little bit, but I'm not a fool, mate. He was far too busy to know who I was, but it was amazing, Cam. It was, it was unbelievable. He was really nice to me. He was always, you know, really, really good to me. He gave me great advice, as did MBJ. I speak to MBJ now. Ryan Coogler will be a lifelong friend of mine. I had him at my wedding. So, yeah, it's just... I can't believe it when I look back that I've been in a Rocky movie and I can now say never say never to acting again because I will. I'll do it again at some point. It'll, it'll come sooner rather than later, to be honest, but that's another story for another day. I'm just happy I got to do it. Unbelievable. Oh, well, you mentioned there that you are an Everton fan. Yeah. Uh, so we'll come on to that in a minute, but we ask all our guests to choose five songs that's associated with their team. What's the first track you're bringing to Cammy's Supporters Club? One Moment in Time by Whitney Houston. I seriously cannot name a better female singer. What a song. She's the greatest of all time, in my opinion. And what a, what a, just a, what a woman. You know, absolutely picture perfect to look at, the most beautiful voice you could ever imagine. I had tickets to see her, and she cancelled. It uh, happened in Manchester uh, about eight to ten years ago, and uh, it got cancelled for whatever reason. I was gutted. She's my favourite all-time female singer. Absolutely amazing. That song, One Moment in Time, I, I used to play that song before pivotal fights in my career, and I would have it on all week. It would just be replaying in my mind the words of that song. Music's been the, one of the biggest driving forces in the background in my career. It's one of the most important things in my life now, I'd say. I've always got music on. I'm always listening to something. This song, it just inspires me. I'm going to get... And I, and I every time when there's a big fight, I thought, this is my one moment in time. And that's how I processed it and used it for me. So with each big fight, as my career went on and on... I What a song. And as you said, you know the lyrics off by heart, but just for anyone who's listening and they don't know how much this means to you, the words, I've just taken a few out and they're absolutely fantastic. Certainly for a boxer, I want one moment in time when I'm more than I thought I could be, when all of my dreams are a heartbeat away and the answers are all 
up to me. Mm. Amazing. Makes me feel tingly inside. I love that song so much. My mother used to play when I was a kid. Mum's favourite singer was Whitney Houston. Yeah, amazing, mate. That, that song is such a pivotal part of my life. It was released in 1988 and the song was released to coincide with the Olympics in Seoul in South Korea. Wow, I didn't know that. Mm. Learned something new about my favourite ever song. Yeah, well my favourite Whitney song is The Greatest Love of All, which was first sung by George Benson. Ah, okay. Remember George? Yeah. Quite a long time ago. It was in 1977, and here's another stat that you might be interested in. It was for the biopic film about Muhammad Ali. My favourite ever sportsman. Oh. The greatest sportsman of all time. Oh, without a doubt. Did he inspire you along the way somewhere? Oh, definitely, Cammy. Uh, anybody who's not inspired by the late, great Muhammad Ali is, is, is not got a heart or a soul. Simple as that. The greatest man to ever put boxing gloves on. I'm not saying he's the greatest boxer ever because, of course, there's better boxers, but no one was ever a better man than him. No one who ever laced on boxing gloves ever meant more to people than he did. The most popular, most famous face in all of sports of all time. Muhammad Ali's face is known all around the globe. There's not a person who looks at Muhammad Ali and doesn't know who he is. And also who doesn't know what he stood for. Which is just, which is, transcends sports, transcends everything else. He's just a truly amazing man. Absolutely. What is one moment in time that stands out for you as an Everton fan? It's crazy to think of it, but when that goal went in against Wimbledon and we beat them 3-2 at Goodison Park and stayed up that day, and I know Copite's now horrible gets, they'll be laughing at me, but that, that sticks with me. My season ticket was KK147 in the Gladys Street, and that <laughs> day was just... I, I was... I was so petrified that we go down there because I wouldn't have been able to go back to school on the Monday. Uh, I'd have got that much stick. And when we go a goal down, you just your heart sinks. And especially with the crazy gang mates, with Dean Oldsworth was playing, John Fashion who was playing, there was just a gang of dirty fellas mates who were getting stuck right into us and they didn't even care if they were going to send us down. It was funny to them. And you could just see how they went about it. And the way the lads fought that day, I always remember Barry on, Barry on it in that ball. What a strike. It comes into the Gladys Street and it's in the Gladys Street and where he belts it and it just hits the post and goes in. Graham Stewart gets the winner, gets the P-roller in that goes in through all the bodies. But oh, the, the relief I felt that day. I was a kid. I can't remember exactly how old I was, but I'm sure he's been able to count it back. I was a kid and cried with emotion and, and it's mad to think the kids don't really get emotional at sporting events at that age but I think I cried the relief that we were still there, we've stayed up. For me that felt better than the FA Cup in 95. Wow, well you'll be relieved to know that I was playing for Sheffield United in those days Okay. and a last minute goal from Mark Steen at Chelsea relegated us so we watched that game wow uh, your game and Hans Seeger's 
trying to get that shot of Graham Stewart, <laughs> that P-roller. Oh, what a fella. Uh, and we, we were going the next morning, we were flying from Heathrow, so you can imagine, to Australia. So you can imagine what the atmosphere was like. We'd just been relegated. We were, oh. we were 16th in the table going into that last game, and we ended up being relegated. All the snookers that could have happened happened. Oh, I can only imagine the heartbreak. That would have finished our city. It really would have, because if you know, we've never been relegated at football club from the top division of football. So I think we're the longest standing club in the Premier League. It'd be in the top flight history now that we've been there that long. So it's uh, it was very close, and, and we were a, a club at the time that if we would have went down, then Cami, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have come back up. Bill Kenwright saved Everton Football Club without a shadow of a doubt from extinction because at the time he took control of us to the time where we are now is just, it's inconceivable that we are where we are. Great. On to track two, which is Luther Van Dross's 1994 version of Ain't No Stopping Us Now. Why have you chosen this? I've always loved it. It was played throughout my house as a kid. My mother always had it on. Uh, whether she was in the car, whether she was in things, she had like in them days it was the, the old tape cassettes, and you'd have one of them, and she had the Luther album, and always that song just always played, and I loved it. Crazy thing is, I only fight David there about twenty five years later, and that's his ring of walkout song. Actually, danced to his ring walk as he was as he was walking to the ring. I'm dancing because I, I was like, ain't no stopping us now, and I was like, I love this music. And people don't grasp that. My ox is was on soul music and you know as everyone on mixed race my mother's black my father's white so that music was played throughout our household it was just Stevie Wonder Whitney Houston Luther Vandross Marvin Gaye all them songs just remind me of being a kid again being back home Luther sang it also in 1997 with the Spice Girls. Did he? <laughs> Incredible. It's gone down in my estimation there, but to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Mel B no, that. I was She's a big a fan of her. <laughs> I absolutely idolised that woman when I was a kid growing up. Right, on to your third track. Well, it's no surprise, this one, because it's the theme tune for Everton when they come out onto the pitch. It's the Zed Cars theme. And Zed Cars was filmed in and around Liverpool. That's why the club adopted it. For anyone who's not heard it, let's have a little buzz. Does that take you back to the stadium every time you hear that? Uh, certain parts of it does, certain parts of it doesn't. It's because I, I took it on board for my own ring walk tune. So parts of me think about fighting when I hear it, mm-hmm. and then parts of me think about the match and the, the amazing times we've had, the Goodison Park days, nights, whatever have you. So a bit of a mixture of both, Cammy. I can't explain it, the feelings that it gives you, but it's a big, big part of my life. 
Did you not think when you were using that tune, it could alienate the other half of Liverpool? Uh, I did think that at first, and I was advised against it. But what my theory was was, uh, I am what I am, and you know, uh, for me, you know, I've seen fights come out. You'll never walk alone. Doesn't mean anything to me. I support them still. I'm a Scouser first. I'm an Everton fan second. I'll back anyone from Liverpool. That's you know that's the kind of relationship that I have now. A, a lot of Liverpoolians won't like that for the fact that I've come to it. But what I will say is, the night I fought at Goodison Park and won the world title, there was a lot of copites in there and a lot of copites that were supporting me as well. I'm sure there was a few that wanted to see me get knocked out and have a laugh at me, but there was quite <laughs> a lot support me. And even for the ones who did turn up and wanted to see me get knocked out, thanks very much for your support. You paid for the ticket and you came in. So I'm great. I'm grateful for you as well. But there was a lot more there cheering me than there was, you know, cheering me. So it's a strange one, our city, because you know, my wife's a copite, my dad's a copite, but I'm a blue. My eldest brother's a blue. So it swings in roundabouts. I'm just, I'm someone who supports scousers no matter what. And I do absolutely hate when we play Liverpool. And I hate every single one of them. But when the full time whistle goes, we're all scousers together. Absolutely. I hope this doesn't rain on your parade, but that theme tune was adopted by Watford, Sunderland and Workington when they were around. Yeah, I know. Gang of Otters. Just leave us with our tune. It's our tune, no one else's. So uh, <laughs> them small-timers can just keep them, you know, find themselves a new tune. Who's your favourite ever manager? I have to say Howard. I loved Howard. The cake. Howard Kendall, yeah. I love Howard. Uh, lovely, lovely man. Uh, always supported me uh, when we got to know who I was and stuff. And what a lovely, lovely man. And his wife Lil as well, so just lovely people. I've heard all the stories of the older generation, lads, snods, uh, Sharpie and all the other boys and Diamond. I've heard all the stories about him and that. he's just an absolute legend. Absolute legend. Howard Kendall, what a man. Oh, without a doubt. Right, we're on to track four. Phil Collins, In the Air Tonight. An amazing tune. Mm, what a song. Yeah, it just reminds me of... Oh, it's not so much good. I just I love the track. I just love the song. You know, I'm a massive, massive rap fan, as everyone knows, but I like all genres of music. I like everything, you know, if it's, if it's got a decent beat, I like it. And and this song is just a brilliant, brilliant song. I love Phil Collins as an artist. What a fella. What an artist. You know, his, his music is just uplifting. His music is fantastic. It's such an iconic song, and it's also one of the most successful TV ad tunes of all time, for Cadbury's when the gorilla was playing the drums. The gorilla's Phil Collins actually played those drums on this song, so let's have a listen to his work of art. It only went to number two in the charts because John Lennon's woman kept it off number one. What a travesty that is. I mean, John Lennon's obviously amazing, but how that didn't get to number one, I will never know. That song is just powerful. Unbelievable. I'd have loved to have been a musician. 
I mean, oh, what a what a life that would have been. What would you have played? Piano, guitar, drums? I'd just like to have had a half decent voice cam, to be honest. <laughs> singer. I'd just love to have been a singer, mate. What a what a what a powerful instrument and tool that is your voice. But I'm, I sound like a cat being drowned, to be honest. So, or a dog howling at times. So, yeah, I just got a dreadful voice. I mean, I like to, it sounds fantastic when I'm in the shower, but you know, the reality of it is, if someone was to record me, I'd probably be locked up by the police. Flipping hell. Well, that song came out in 1981, and Phil wrote it amid the grief he felt when he first divorced his first wife. And there's some dark lyrics in that song. Didn't know that. In that year, in 1981, Everton finished eighth. But down the road, they were champions. I was growing up in the shadows of the Reds. (laughs) Do you know what, Cam? Uh, I've had this conversation a few times before. It's mad because I don't know why I support Everton Football Club. Uh, I haven't got to witness anything like the 80s. I mean, yes, I was born in 82, but it's my eldest brother that I blame. My dad was obviously a cop item and uh, loved Graham Sooners. That was my dad's hero. But I, I haven't witnessed any of them. My brother witnessed the 80s. He was there. He was a big fan. He was going the games, you know, the rapid Vienna nights. He was there watching it all. And I'm like, you put me on this, lad. And as he always says to me, listen, we're chosen. We did not choose as Evertonians. We were chosen. And I was definitely chosen because I haven't had much joy at all, to be honest. I'm I'm waiting to get my joy as a football fan. I just want to see us win things. Very tough, but I am what I am, mate. I'm an Evertonian, and that will will never, ever leave me. I was chosen. Who's your favourite ever player? My hero's Duncan Ferguson. Duncan Ferguson, big dunk. What a legend. Big Dunk was my hero, mate. When I ever played football, cause I dreamed of being able to play football for Everton Football Club. So when I played for my school, when I played with my mate, you're always a player, aren't you? Well, I was Big Dunk every time. Big Dope, get stuck right in, throw your head at anything. Once I was scrapping down again on the pitch, that wouldn't bother me as well. That went down quite well. I just didn't care. I got stuck right in. I idolised Duncan Ferguson. What a player he was. Very underrated as well, by the way. People don't give him as much credit as he deserves. He had great feet for the big man. His link-up play was fantastic. His distribution of the ball around the pitch was brilliant. Uh, didn't play as many times as we'd have liked him to have played for Everton. But i tell you something. Always wanted to play in the big games. Never, ever went missing in a big game, Duncan. Was always there. I've heard the stories about Alex Ferguson uh, in the dressing room before Everton played United. And he would tell the players, I'm told, just do not wind him up. Don't wind... Because if you wind him up, he will score. Just don't wind him up. Just tell him he's great or something. Or, or, or you know, kiss his backside, whatever. But don't wind him up. Because when you wind this fella up, he's unplayable. And when Duncan was on it, he was on it, mate. Cammy was fantastic. Oh, it was brilliant. Wasn't enough times he was on it, to be honest. But when he was, he was brilliant. Mm, superb. Great story. Well, I played against Duncan well, a couple of times or a few times. And he's probably one of the only players who was intimidating without saying anything. Just the look, you know, He once you had that look of him, you knew he was coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it always sticks with me when I've seen him get a grip of Jimmy Bullard. Jimmy Bullard 
backside just falls out. He puts Jimmy Bullard straight in a little conversation. <laughs> Jimmy just looks away. <laughs> as if to say, don't want a piece of that. <laughs> oh, God. Right, you need to talk me through the fifth track because I'm an old dinosaur and it's Tupac's Ambitions AZ Ambition as a rider. What a song. <laughs> Tupac is my favourite rapper of all time. My first ever album that I bought, which shouldn't really say, my brother got me for my 13th birthday, I believe it was. He got me a All Eyes On Me album, and Ambition as a Rider was the first track on the album. I played that over many, many times. I actually walked to the ring as an amateur to Ambition as a Rider. I told the MC to stick it on a smoky social club and <laughs> bounce to the ring. The crowd's <laughs> Mike Tyson. <laughs> And uh, I walked to the ring. Fortunately enough, I flattened that kid in about 25 seconds. Uh, but they were the good old days. But yeah, Ambition as a Rider by Tupac. A song that Mike Tyson walked to the ring too many times. Tupac and Mike Tyson were friends. I just loved Tupac Shakur. The greatest rapper of all time, in my opinion. His, his words were fantastic. His flow was unbelievable. His lyrics, listening to them today, still make an awful lot of sense with what's going on in the world. Racial, you know, tension in the world and, and stuff like that. His fight towards racism. His mother was a former Black Panther. Listen, reading the story, listening to the stories that he says on, on many tapes from many albums that he's had. Just an unbelievable artist. The world is, is a lesser place without him. A truly amazing man. For ignorant people like myself, let's have a listen. What a song. What a song. Do it just just listen to that on repeat all day long. That just reminds me of wanting to punch people's faces in. It's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so the comeback's on then. <laughs> no, no. As long as I keep Tupac out me is too much, I'll be okay, mate. I'll survive. But what yeah, a man. Okay. You have just had your fifth anniversary when you beat Alunga Makuba to win the cruiserweight title of the world. That's the stuff that dreams are made of. But you did it at Goodison. The dream of all dreams, Cam. Amazing. As I say, I always wanted to be a footballer for Everton Football Club. But I was just too fat and not good enough. That's just being brutally honest with me. That's life. I wasn't good enough to be a footballer. So the only chance I was going to get a shine in a Goodison Park was to stick a ring in the middle of it and have a fight there for a world title. And it was for the world title that I once dreamed of winning as a kid as well. The WBC title. The belt that signifies and, and, and is... Attached to many great fights like Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler, Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson, Floyd Mayweather. All these fighters, just Lennox Lewis, all these names that are real off of legend, WBC champion legends. I fought for that belt at Goodison Park. The dream location, the dream belt. And thankfully, fortunately enough, you know, the dream result. It was so very nearly not. I got my nose snapped and broken in the first round, dropped heavily. But I get myself back to my feet. And then I rendered him unconscious in the third round. And uh, I come through, mate. I can honestly and on art say, I'm one of very few people in life who can say, I've lived out my dream. That was my dream, my ultimate goal and dream. And I've lived it through. And every time I close my eyes, any time I think about boxing, I see that moment again. And that, that's all as I think when I see boxing. I've lived my dream, mate. If I go tomorrow, 
uh, I will have gone knowing I've lived my dream. Tony Bellew, you've been a dream guest. Thank you so much. Cammy, thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening to Cammy's Supporters Club. Make sure you subscribe to Cammy's Supporters Club on your podcast provider of choice and you'll never miss out on any of the action. And if you've enjoyed listening, give us a review and a rating. I'll be chatting to another guest very soon as they soundtrack their relationship with the beautiful game. See you then. Oh,